What can we expect from Joe Brady and the Buffalo Bills offense moving forward? I've got plenty to share and also insight from someone who worked with Brady at LSU is all coming your way today on Locked on Bills. You are locked on Bills. Your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Well, folks, I guess you can consider this another bonus episode this week because I really wanted to spend some time sharing my own thoughts about Joe Brady and him taking over this Bills offense and what the path forward is, and I have a fun conversation to share with you. Uh, After I get done sharing some things, I'm going to be joined by Keith Sanchez, who worked with Joe Brady. They were on staff together at LSU in 2019. And I'm going to try to pry as much as I can from Keith uh, regarding Brady and his personality and how he interacted with players and his thoughts on him and Buffalo all coming up later today. Now, we're also going to have another final conversation before the Bills play the Jets. I'm going to do my typical final talk where I'll give you my last thoughts about that game. We'll talk to Dr. Kyle Trimble of Banged Up Bills about injuries and, of course, my five predictions for Sunday. So another episode still coming uh, this week. Uh, But I wanted to get this one in because, like I said, I just don't feel like I've said as much as I wanted to about my personal thoughts on Joe Brady and really setting the tone here for what this Bills offense could look like over the last seven games of the season. So let's start by examining a very basic question. Who is Joe Brady? What is his background? What clues about his background tells us what we can expect from him in Buffalo? So let's do it. Joe Brady, 34 years old a native of South Florida. He went to William and Mary to play football. He was a wide receiver 2009 through 2012. Of course, William Mary, the alma mater of Sean McDermott and Marv Levy, right? So that's just where the bills go to get coaches, obviously. And he stuck around after he got done playing football, didn't have much of a productive career playing receiver, but he immediately became their linebackers coach 2013 and 2014. After that, he was a grad assistant at Penn State 2015 and 2016. Then he got his first NFL opportunity 2017 through 2018 with the New Orleans Saints as an offensive assistant under Sean Payton. And one thing that I've tried to bring up a couple of times throughout my talks regarding the Bills promoting Joe Brady and right now, maybe it has something to do with the Sean Payton factor, right? Where I think you kind of, could take away from listening to Sean McDermott throughout the course of the week that he has a lot of respect for Sean Payton. And of course they just played against each other. And in the aftermath of playing against each other, the bills fire Ken Dorsey and they promote Joe Brady to interim offensive coordinator and two years of experience together, Joe Brady and Sean Payton. I just thought that was worth putting it out there in 2019. He became LSU's passing game coordinator and wide receivers coach. And that's where, things really got real for Joe Brady. That offense was historic. Uh, 
for my money, the best offense in the history of college football. I think the 2019 LSU Tigers are the best college football team that I've ever seen. And, you know, Joe Brady certainly gets a lot of credit for that. And we're going to dive into that even more here later in my conversation with Keith. And then after one season, very young, like 31 years old, he gets hired to be the offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers, like literally the day after. They win the national championship. The next day, he is the Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator. I'll never forget this because I was hosting uh, radio in Charlotte, WFNZ 610 Sports Radio, right? It's the it's the WGR of, of Charlotte. And I had my first opportunity to host Charlotte Radio. And so I walk in and I have all my notes. We're going to talk about, um, you know, the who could be the offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers and um, just their off season, you know, what they could do in the draft. They have all these notes. 10 minutes before I go on air, they announce that Joe Brady is going to be the Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator. And so I was already nervous. And now all of a sudden I get this huge storyline dropped right on me right before I'm about to, you know, be the solo host of Charlotte sports radio for the drive home is the drive home. It was like the five o'clock was like on from like five to seven. And so it's an unforgettable moment for me. And what's funny about that is after I signed off, Luke Keekley retired. And I'm like, man, I am glad that I wasn't in the seat for that because look, I just wouldn't be the guy, right? Like there's a Luke Keekley is a revered member of the Carolina Panthers. And there's no way that me, I was going to be able to say the right things on air at that moment to really just reflect on Luke Keekley and the the sudden retirement that he had. So a crazy stretch of news in the world of Charlotte sports and uh, the Joe Brady news got dumped right before I went on air. It was really, really fun. I enjoyed it, but man, my head was spinning. So I say all that to say that I'm well acquainted with his tenure in Carolina, where he very quickly became an offensive coordinator for the Panthers and very quickly got fired only lasted like a season. And then a little bit into the next season. And look, when you think about his tenure with the Carolina Panthers, it's hard to really make hard um, stances on who Joe Brady is. I mean, this Carolina Panthers organization under Dave Tepper is a disaster. He's a disaster. Like there's no chance that you could look at Carolina and feel like anyone is getting their best opportunity to showcase themselves. And of course the Matt rule hire was weird to begin with. And then he brings on Joe Brady. He lasts just a season and a little bit into the next season. Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback the first year. And we know that's not an NFL starter. It's not, right? He's a he's a fringe backup type player. And then the next year it's Sam Darnold. And, you know, that only lasted a few games. So it, it wasn't like a great situation, whether it was personnel for Joe Brady or um, just working for the Carolina Panthers and the things that I've heard about Dave Tepper and that organization. It's not good. So, like, I think the the meaningful thing about Carolina is that it was his opportunity, right? That was from one year as a passing game coordinator at LSU to being an NFL offensive coordinator was a pretty big shift. And then, of course, after his run in Carolina, he became Josh Allen's quarterback's coach. Now he's the interim offensive coordinator. So I've watched a lot of Joe Brady offenses. What do they look like? When I think about Joe Brady and offenses that I watched, of course, Carolina Panthers, LSU Tigers, Three things come to mind. Spread formations, right? He loves 10 and 11 personnel. Five-man protections, so a lot of emphasis on the offensive line, figuring it out with five and the quarterback knowing where the rushers and the pressure is going to be and where it's vulnerable and 
where to go with the football, and then progression style passing. Like it's LSU with Joe Brady, or excuse me, with Joe Burrow with Ted, Teddy Bridgewater is very much progression style. Like read the field, scan the field, know where to go with the football and deliver it. And in some ways, that's exactly some of the areas where Josh Allen hasn't performed the best, right? Where he likes some of those schemed shot plays. He likes to work off schedule. He likes to move the pocket, those types of things, right? And I'm sure that Joe Brady will adjust and adapt the best that he can to Josh Allen. But kind of that core principle, that piece of it, right? I like spread. Five-man protection's okay. Like, you can figure that out. That's not necessarily something that I think the Bills have had a ton of success with. But then the progression style passing component, that's where I get a little bit nervous. Like, all right, is that going to be a great marriage of uh, what Joe Brady has been offensively in the past and where I think Josh Allen's strengths are as a player? Now, Josh is certainly a good progression style player, but like it can't be all the time. He needs that other stuff kind of baked into it uh, to keep him on schedule. Now, let's look a little bit at some of the numbers here. 2019 LSU, 2020 Carolina Panthers. Uh, In 2019 with LSU, uh, production, crazy, historic, the best offense ever. They ran play action 27% of the time. That was 50th in terms of frequency in college football. That's out of like 120 teams. So, uh, you know I me, mean? I want play action like 30%. So it's a little low, but again, Joe Burrow, spread offense, the best ever. We can live with it. They were in 10 or 11 personnel, so three or four wide receiver sets 95% of the time. That's where he lives, 10 and 11 personnel. They ran, they passed the ball in neutral game scripts 65% of the time. So a very pass-aggressive plan. And they used motion 34% of the time, which was 29th in terms of frequency in college football. So pretty good play-action usage. Lots of three and four wide receiver sets, almost exclusively three and four wide receiver sets. Pass-aggressive in neutral situations and a good amount, amount of motion. In 2020 with the Carolina Panthers, play action percentage only 23%. 70% utilization of three and four wide receiver sets, so 10 and 11 personnel. So a ton of, not as much as, as LSU, which makes sense. You had Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and Terrence Marshall Jr. as your receivers. In Carolina, when you had DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, you know what I mean? Like you didn't have that depth uh, at, at receiver, but still 70% of uh, 10 and 11 personnel is still a good amount. Neutral uh, game scripts pass rate was 63%, so still pass aggressive, and even more motion, 46.5% motion. So um, that's what those numbers, that's where they came in with the Panthers and uh, LSU. We'll see what that looks like in Buffalo. So we'll see, right? We'll see. I think it's hard for Joe Brady to do a whole lot in seven games, right? Like to really just put his fingerprints all over this operation. And in order for that to happen, it probably takes an offseason to really do that. But that's not what Joe Brady's been given. He's been given seven games and that first game uh, on a short week uh, against the New York Jets. And so one of the fascinating storylines to me about this path forward for the Bills offense is not just that Joe Brady's calling it and coordinating it. It's that this slate of defenses is tough. Like you're not you don't have cupcake defenses coming up. And that starts right with your first opponent, the New York Jets, fourth in EPA among, you know, for defense and their sixth best in terms of score percentage. Uh, like they don't, they don't allow a lot of points. They don't allow a lot of drives to end in points. Then you go to the Eagles and the Eagles are a middling defense statistically 16th in EPA, 11th in score percentage. Then it's the chiefs. Chiefs are like one of the best defenses in the league. Sixth in EPA, second in score percentage. 
Then it's the Cowboys. They're great at defense. Third in EPA, third in score percentage. Then you get the Chargers. This is your cupcake defense, if you will. 30th in EPA, 25th in score percentage. But that's on the road against an offense that you're probably going to have a lot of challenges with, and you're going to have to be really good on offense. Then you have the Patriots, who you've already lost to, 20th in EPA on defense, 14th in score percentage. And then the Dolphins, 18th in EPA, 12th in score percentage. And their defense is certainly getting a lot better as it's getting healthy, right? They started off a little shaky. New coordinator and Vic Fangio, they didn't have a lot of their key pieces. They're getting healthy on defense, and they're playing a lot better. So not only is it a a small window of time, but you're playing really good defenses. I mean, you're talking Jets, Chiefs, Cowboys. Those are like upper echelon defenses. Eagles are pretty solid. Dolphins and Patriots are at least average and getting better on defense, and then the Chargers. So, like, it's a tough stretch of defenses. And so one of my biggest questions is, how much can he do? Like, what? how much influence can he have in a short period of time? And that leads me to my next question, which is, is the biggest thing here simply a change? Right? Is that what the big thing is here? Is it, is it less about Joe Brady and who he is and what type of offense he wants to run and more about just the fact that they made a change. Because I think that's a pretty big message. In the middle of the season, after being 5-5, five and five, you fire Ken Dorsey when statistically, as we've been through, the offense is very, very good. Is the biggest thing simply the change itself as a wake-up call? And saying, hey guys, you got to play cleaner football. Whether that's turnovers, catching the ball when it's thrown to you, assignments, execution, like that's what we keep going back to. To me, that's the biggest thing. And while the long-term approach is interesting with Joe Brady, I think the immediate significance is the fact that there was a change and you're sending a message. Get it together, guys. Jobs are on the line. Josh Allen, your franchise quarterback. There's a lot of people whose livelihoods depend on your performance. It's just the reality of being a franchise quarterback in the NFL. No greater example of that than Ken Dorsey. Your hand-picked offensive coordinator is now fired after a season and a half because of execution issues that wouldn't go away. I think the biggest thing is the change itself. And maybe that dials everybody in and you rally And you go on a run because that's what's necessary. And that's where I find myself coming back to. Joe Brady, fascinating guy, probably has a bright career ahead of him, coordinating NFL offenses, if not even bigger. But the biggest thing is the change and the wake-up call and the message that it sends. And what's at stake? How do they respond? I'm fascinated to find out. All right, folks, in just a moment, I'm going to be joined by Keith Sanchez, was on staff with Joe Brady at LSU. He's going to give us a ton of information about that and how he thinks things will go in Buffalo. So stick with me, but score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, There's simply no better time to get in on the action. The app, super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
this time of year can be really challenging for some people, and it's natural to feel some sadness or even anxiety about it. But adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all of the stress and change, something to look forward to to make you feel grounded and giving you the tools necessary to manage everything that's going on. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those people who've experienced major trauma. So you've been thinking about joining starting therapy. Be sure to give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire. That'll get you matched with a licensed therapist. And then if for any reason you need to switch therapists, you can do so for no additional charge at any time. So find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. I'm joined now by Keith Sanchez. He's the outstanding co-host of the LockedOn NFL Draft podcast. And that's important, but what's more important for this conversation is that he worked with Joe Brady at LSU, part of that 2019 national championship team. And you worked with him every day, Keith, and so you're here to give us some insight into the Buffalo Bills' new interim offensive coordinator, Keith Sanchez, one of my favorite people on the planet. Thanks for joining me, my dude. Oh, man, appreciate you having me on, on Bills Mafia, man. I get to get the on the Locked On Bills podcast. I'm excited to talk to the people of Bills Mafia. Now, I'm excited to have you here, and, and I'm sure they're eager to get your insight into Joe Brady. So let's let's do it. Let's talk about Joe Brady. What was he like at LSU? I mean, a historic football operation. I've been on record. I think the 2019 LSU Tigers is the best football team in college football history. You had a front row seat. You were part of it, and you were there with Joe Brady. What was he like? What would you describe him like as a, as a coworker and a coach? Yeah, I, I would say with Joe Brady, it, it's the simple things, right? It's, it's being self-aware, right? Understanding your roster, understanding the pieces that you had. I remember our first practice and him looking at Joe Burrow saying, okay, I have a quarterback. Him looking at Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, and we have to think about it. These, this is before these guys became first-round picks, right? But he was like, hold on, we have something here. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to implement this offense around my players. And I think, Joe, that – that's a part that gets overlooked so much, right? That sometimes the NFL game, as complex it is and all these offensive schemes, sometimes it's just about dudes, right? Just getting the ball in the hands of your dudes. And you think about, I want you to think about them, those, those LSU teams, right? When we had Justin Jefferson in a slot, right? And it's like, that was a reason why we did that. So I think with Joe Brady, the B Buffalo Bills fans can expect him, expect him, I'm sorry, to just put their players, their best players in advantageous situations. Yeah, what's the saying out there? It's players, not plays, right? When you're thinking about yeah. offensive football, it's not plays. It's not – everyone's got plays. <laughs> Who's got dudes, and how yep. do you get them to football, right? That's really what it comes down to. Um, so you mentioned Jamar Chase. You mentioned Justin Jefferson. You mentioned Joe Burrow. I mean, those are those are the faces of the league in some ways, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. and, and that's just scratching the surface of the talent that was in that offense. I mean, you could look at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as a first-round pick. They had Randy Moss's son playing tight end, Thaddeus Moss. I bring this all up because those are significant personalities. I know that they were younger at the time, but so was Joe Brady, right? Joe Brady was like 30 years old coordinating this, this LSU offense. And one thing that I've always heard about coaches, right? There's there's some different coaches. They're, they're all a little bit different. And, and Joe Brady, I think, is, right? Younger guy, has his own quirks. What I've always heard is that you can be – all kinds of different personalities. 
But what it really comes down to when it comes to a player-coach relationship is authenticity, right? Yep. Mike Mike yep. McDaniel, the head coach of the Dolphins, one of the strangest cats you'll find, right? And I had a conversation with Teron Armstead. I think you were there, Keith. Yeah, I think we were. you were there. We, we were and, at Duke you know, Manny Weathers offensive yeah. line camp. Yep. And and I I was I was grilling him. I'm like, all right, I got a chance to talk to Teron Armstead. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, tell us about McDaniel. Like, are you connecting with him? And what did he say? He goes, he's yeah. You want to know why? Because McDaniel is unapologetically himself. He yep. cares about us, and he's authentic. And I, I'm not that I'm trying to put this on a platter for you, and hoping that you say similar things about Joe Brady. But how do you look at Joe Brady and, and the relationship that he was able to form, the success that you guys had, and just his personality and authenticity, and how that showed up in his relationship with players? Joe, you know, you're actually going in the, the, the right direction with this, right? And this is about Josh Allen, obviously, and in the communication with Josh Allen. And people have to understand that when we're sitting at home and we get the TV um, version, right, or we get the, the TV copy of, you know, the quarterback on the sideline, he picks up the phone, and he calls the OC that's in the box, right? And we think automatically, oh, man, they're scheming up some crazy play, right? And they're going through some crazy thing they're going to do next drive. No, sometimes it's just a simple of, hey, what's up, man? You all right? Hey, wipe that off. We good. We're going to run the ball a couple of times. Hey, go grab some water. Get your iPad. We okay, right? And you just need to know sometimes it's a calming thing because we always talk about quarterbacks, Joe, and how so much of the game is mental, right? That's why there's a difference between seven-on-seven quarterbacks and then now NFL quarterbacks. That's why we talk about big pressurized moments, right? And when you think about Josh Allen, uh, Joe, that what the Bills are five and five right now. And I could directly point to two games when you talk about the, this week's past game and week one against the New York Jets, right? Where I sit there and say, you know what? It was a snowball effect, right? It was a snowball effect where it started off bad and then it got ugly and then it got worse and then it got to where the game was lost. Now, the thing is this, that if you started off ugly and it just stops at bad, those two losses don't happen. And I think that comes with just the mental part of it, right? And then that's why you say, who is Joe Brady as the person? Settle Josh Allen down. Hey, we all right. I don't need you to go out there and do more than your part. You hand the ball off, get it to Stephon Diggs. I'll call the plays. We good. We could care less about the outside noise. Let's just lock in. And Joe Brady, him being that young, it's just certain dialect that you're able to communicate with, right? And, and sometimes what happens is with offensive coordinators and coaches, period, they get stuck on trying to execute their plan instead of adjusting to what the, where their quarterback is and where their players are mentally and adjusting the game from there. So let's let's get real specific and let's get off script. I told you what I was going to ask you. We're getting we're getting into the weeds, my guy. I, I should have known this was going to happen. So let's let's make this really practical. You've been around Joe Brady. You've seen him. Yep. You've seen the in, ins and outs. You've been on the headset listening to him talk to Joe Burrow. Now he's going to coordinate Josh Allen. And let's keep in mind, Josh Allen is not a new person to him. He was been his quarterbacks coach for the last year yep. and a half. So they're yep. they're not they're, they're familiar with each other. Can Joe Brady do that? Can he get on the headset with Josh Allen, who, who look, he's a little reckless, right? I think we've all watched Josh Allen enough to see how special he is, but also, you know, that he's a guy that can, you know, have those sugar high moments and put the ball in weird spots and, you know, not do the smart right thing all the time. And so I guess it's a two-parter. First of all, how do you see that communication going, knowing what you know about Joe Brady and what you've been exposed to with Josh Allen? That's part one. But then the part two is, how do you reconcile some of Joe Brady's culpability in this entire conversation as Josh Allen has become a bit of a reckless football player and that's his quarterback coach? So, like, right. how does that communication work going forward and what do you think about how we got here? 
Oh, Joe, you know why you are the Joe Marino? Because you get down to the really good questions, Joe. You get the Bills fans what they want. I'm going to start this thing off with, you said, can Joe Brady do it, right? And the answer is yes, because the personality-wise, he can. This is, and we talk about Joe Burrow being a cool guy, cool, calm, collective. Joe Brady has very much of that same kind of demeanor. He's a little bit more, I don't want to say flashy, right? But he, he he's a he, he's a cool guy. He's going to wear his Jordans with the, with the suit, right? But he's always very calculating a very intelligent guy so I, I would never say that he's not right so if you ask me can he communicate to Joe Brady I think that's part of it but also to now the part of him being a quarterback coach and the turnovers you have to understand something that inside the building there's still a hierarchy to this thing right that even though he's the quarterback coach he can't override the OC you know what I'm saying like he, he still has a, a role to play and he can't do that part so if the OC may be requiring Josh Allen to do certain things Joe Brady can't necessarily, he can have an opinion or maybe a voice, but he can't press the override button. And the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills, Joe, is so much more important. And the reason is why is because your head coach is a defensive coordinator guy, right? So the OC, it, he when you have, you know this, right? When you have those type of hires to where it's a defensive hire, the offensive coordinator is the guy for the offense, right? He's the head coach for the offense. And I think that for the Bills, the offensive coordinator is so important because of that. And I think Joe Brady filling in, you will see, start to see some different things and maybe different personalities match too because let's be honest, we've had the conversation about with Stephon Diggs and, you know, how are we getting this guy involved? And it's like, you know what, maybe just having a different voice and a guy that can communicate with those guys that they trust has their best interest at heart will return a different result. Keith, would love for you to speak specifically on Joe Brady's personality. And mm -hmm. then how you think that will show up in him as a play caller and just him in the style of offense he's going to want to run in Buffalo. Yeah, like, like I said, I think he's he's cool, calm, collective, but he's a relatable guy. He's a personality guy. And we talk about, you know, because what years ago he was a potential head coaching candidate, right? Like the time yeah. with Carolina was like, you know what, he'll be there for a year or two and be a head coaching candidate. And we know that head coaching candidates, it's, also, it's the X's and O's part, right? But it's also the personality. Can you be? Can you work a room, right? Can you get in front of the media post game, whether it's a win or loss, and be able to motivate your guys? Can you get in front of the locker room and be able to talk, have conversations, and be able to motivate? In this case, right, grown men who are making millions of dollars. And Joe Brady, that's why I use the word self-aware, right? Because you have to be yourself. And that's to the, the Mike McDaniel point. Joe Brady is him, right? And he's he's just going to have the conversations that he has. He's not going to be a rah rah guy, and that's perfectly fine because when you're the offensive coordinator. I want you to be cool, calm, and collective, and also be calculated. And in our rooms, right, what Joe Brady always did, and this was pregame prep, and I think it's, it's it's something so simple, but it's something a lot of OCs don't do. It's just watch the film, figure out who the worst players on defense are, and target them, right? We have something <laughs> called Where's Waldo? Put Waldo in the most complex situation. If you go back and watch those LSU films, I guarantee you we found the worst defenders on the field for that opposing team, and we attacked them. And I think that's just so simple. So I don't want to look at the Bills situation either and, and say that, oh, this is a team devout of talent, right? This team has talent. You're talking, this is still Josh Allen, right? This is still a top five, top three, top two, however you feel. It's still a top quarterback in the NFL. Stephon Diggs, a top wide receiver. Don Kincaid is coming on strong. Joe, you know how I feel about Khalil Shakir, right? Mm -hmm. So we know. Coming on, baby. <laughs> So we have to, you know, just say, hey, this can turn into a positive thing. We can get this thing turned because it's not like it's a devout of talent. The Carolina Panthers situation, that was devout of talent. The Carolina Panthers still don't have talent, right? So so that situation is not going to be that. This is one of those situations where you can get it turned around. I want to say something that 
you might not know about Joe Brady okay. and see how you react. So you know about Buffalo, New York? It's cold there, right? It's cold. Yep. I think that's generally what people think about when they think of Buffalo. Joe Brady, since becoming the quarterback's coach, he wears shorts to every practice, including outside. What is, I mean, does that surprise you to find that out? Like what, what about your time with, with Joe Brady would tell you that as a South Florida native, he's out there in Western New York, it's 20 degrees, 15 degrees, zero degrees out there wearing shorts. I'm surprised, but maybe I'm not. Now I say this because he's embracing the culture, right? Now me, will you ever find Keith Sanchez outside 20 degree weather with shorts on? There is no way. You can find me eating buffalo wings in Buffalo, right? I'll do that part and embrace the culture. But I, it's, it's Joe Brady embracing, embracing the culture. And I can see that at LSU, right? He's not from Louisiana. He's not an LSU guy, right? He's not from New Orleans, right? That's not his thing. But he got here. You know what? I'm going to embrace the music. I'm going to embrace the food. Come on. This is where we are. This is our guys. This is the team. This is the atmosphere. Let's go. Let's rock. Let's do our thing. So if I had to guess, it's a, it's a culture embracing thing. If I had to guess. Let's uh let's finish on this. I mean, like this is a seven game opportunity for Joe Brady in Buffalo. And I guess how, how much do you think he can accomplish in, in a very short period of time that, you know, this is potentially a, a huge audition for him, not only to continue as Josh Allen's offensive coordinator, but you know, if if bigger changes happen and, you know, what opportunities are going to exist for him outside of this. So, like, what can he do? What can he get done in seven weeks? I mean, if, if I'm Joe Brady, I'm extremely excited. And that, that's because I'm taking over a situation that still has talent, right? You just almost have to write the ship. You don't have to create the ship. You don't have to build the ship. You don't have to wait two, three years for the ship to go. And like you said, it's a, I believe, Joe, you said a seven game stretch, right? Yeah. I, I think five and two into the playoffs, right? And, and, win a game in the playoffs, potentially two, I think you put Joe Brady specifically, right? And I'm not saying that this will Bill's Mafia be happy with, but Joe Brady specifically, that that's a that's a win, right? And now you put the Bills back in playoff contention because it's – I just feel like it's weird. And we, I feel like we both approach the game of football in similar ways, right? That you try not to overreact too much to a win, try not to overreact too much to a loss, right? And, and it's crazy just year, on, year over year how the tide has changed for the Buffalo Bills to where it was – Super Bowl contenders and everybody loves the Bills. Oh, the Bills stink, right? And it's like, come on. Like, neither one of the – you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just not yeah. true, right? They're not a bad football yeah. team. And I think he just get this football team to perform to where this roster, as constructed now, is, is constructed. Get them to perform to that level. That's a win. I said that was the last question. I lied because I really want to pull every ounce that I can <laughs> out of you, right? I got a unique opportunity. I'm talking to somebody that literally spent an entire year working with Joe Brady. And so let's go back to LSU and just that glow up, right? So Joe Brady steps in there, gets offense, gets cooking historically. Like you see this going on. Like we, it wasn't hard to identify that there's something special happening here. And even as that season elongated, the narratives about Joe Brady and the opportunities that were going to come his way, I mean, you couldn't avoid them. You, you just knew that this was like the next young offensive star, right? That's out there that everyone's going to want a piece of. How did Joe handle that throughout the course of the season as you guys obviously were dialed in on a championship run that ended perfect, right? I mean, it couldn't have went better. How did you see Joe Brady navigate that? And then are you surprised that, I mean, literally you're celebrating a national championship and the next day he's hired as a Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator. Like, talk <laughs> us through that. 
I'm laughing, Joe, because this, this is it's a crazy situation. But okay, how did Joe Brady handle that? Right, he he understood the assignment, right? And, and that's where he obviously came from New Orleans Saints, so it's not wasn't his first time seeing this happen, right? And so he understood the assignment, and the, the assignment is this: go one and zero each week, right? And that's why you see him tweet it out after games, after wins. Simply one and zero each week. We're going one and zero. So I, I believe he handled it well. He handled it with grace. He was very patient. He didn't allow the outside noise to affect the, the inside game planning. You know, and that's one of those things where because this, it it all shifts, right? And that's why I say Joe Brady has good perspective because if we're ten and zero, Joe, right, and then we lose the next two three games. He's potentially not a head uh, OC yeah. candidate anymore, right? So it's it's all about being focused on the task at hand, and that's what Joe Brady is. He's focused on the task at hand. What do we have to do to win this task? And so that's how he handled that. Then now you're talking about the transition from LSU to the very next day, right? I think that that's just part of how the coaching world goes, right? That you have to be able to compartmentalize um, different dynamics, right? To understand that I'm at it, I'm with this team right now. But then also there may be future endeavors, but that's a credit to the coaches that can do it and handle it well, right? Because you do understand that we go win it, you know, going to the national championship game, lose the game, you've accepted a new offensive coordinator position, then now it looks like that you were distracted, right? And you understand what comes with that. So I, I give Joe Brady credit for being able to compartmentalize both aspects of it and being able to attack it that way. All right, Keith, really, really appreciate you hopping into this podcast to give us this insight. If you guys want more Keith Sanchez, which you should, make sure that you are subscribed to the Locked On NFL Draft podcast where he's the co-host along with Damian Parson. It's free and available on all platforms, just like this podcast. You can follow him on Twitter, at the Talent Code. Uh, I wish he tweeted more. Keith's got good football takes, and he's a heck of a, a fun personality. So I, I think I've been saying that to you for multiple years now. So, Keith, give us give us more. We want more. I got you. <laughs> All right, Keith, appreciate you hopping on here, and uh, thanks for everyone for tuning in.